Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. And I'm your co-host, Jennifer. On today's episode, we're going to talk about non-academic college preparation. But before we get into our episode, let's catch up and see what everybody's been doing lately. Melody, how have you been? We're much better now that my husband is home from being in the hospital, and we're trying to reclaim the month that we lost while he was getting better. So I'm unpacking, and now I'm unpacking books, um, more books. <laughs> I unpacked a lot. It's like more books. That never ends. Never ending. <laughs> and then going through them and thinking, okay, am I going to use this again? That's so hard. I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. I want to keep them all. But um, that's yeah. been keeping me busy. And then it's so nice outside. So I've been out, like, moving the plants outside and giving them some good water and uh, figuring out where they're going to live at this new place. Lots of decisions, and I'm so glad that he's better and home now. Yes, that's great news. Well, Jennifer, what have you been up to? Well, I just spent a week camping in Big Bend at Big oh, Bend National Park. It was I'm so jealous. Beautiful. It's one of my favorite places, and you know, I went with several families and a whole big group of kids, and we have gorgeous weather and it was just perfect it was my birthday last week and that was where I wanted to be so that's what we did (laughs) yeah I thought that was awesome that you could spend your birthday in Big Bend that's cool it was wonderful and now are you um, dealing with the aftermath of being gone? You know what? We we do this so often that it's not really as big a problem anymore for me. Uh, you know, our, our camping gear is ready to go. It's easy to put away. And uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we've got it down pretty well. Awesome. You might have to give us some pointers at some, at some time. <laughs> I would be happy to. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, I think I shared on the last podcast that I, I felt like maybe I had been in a little bit of a depression because I hadn't been celebrating holidays and, you know, there'd been so much going on. But I'm happy to report that, and it may be with the advent of more sunshine. Uh, we celebrated Mardi Gras and I got out decorations and um, we had a little online party with some friends. It's fun. Yeah. Normally my church um, has a big event and we have a talent show and we eat pancakes. Mm-hmm. It's called Shrove Tuesday. So we didn't have that this year, you know, hashtag COVID, but we did get together on Messenger with some friends and hang out for a while. So yeah, I'm, I feel like maybe we're, I'm over the hump and I'm on the upswing. When we talk about non-academic college preparation, I think it's important to talk about what that means. I think everybody is focused on, you know, oh, let's make sure my kids take all the classes to get them ready for college. Mm-hmm. And they have all the extracurriculars, so their transcript looks good. But right. there's a big piece of that puzzle that still needs to be filled in. Uh, so tell me what y'all think about what that means. For me, the first thing that comes to mind are life skills, you know, just um, the basic life skills like, you know, doing your own laundry, being able to make phone calls that you need to make, you know, have time management, basic skills that all adults need. Right. And I always wanted to set my kids up for success. I didn't want to launch an unprepared human onto the world. Yes. So it was, can you take care of yourself? Do you know how to get along outside of your family group, you know, you're meeting new people and Mm -hmm. you might have roommates for the first time and all the things that you mentioned, but also just those, just those skills for getting along in the world and being successful. Because I know people who have, whose children were not prepared to take on adult responsibilities. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it's hard. really difficult to learn uh, on the fly. Yes. I tried to make sure that my kids were able to, you know, run a house. Um, all the aspects of running a house, taking care of the home, their laundry, cooking meals, planning meals, and handling their money. You know, because when you can't do those basic things, it really makes everything else you're trying to do a lot harder. It does. When kids go off to college, it's so overwhelming. It's so, there are so many new experiences they're having. So if they don't have those basics down already and they're having to learn all of that at the same time, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot for anybody to handle. It is. And then they're trying to, you know, get good grades and they're trying to make sure that they're keeping up with their new responsibilities, but they're struggling. So, right. um, and I always told my kids, like, I'm not going to inflict you on the world. <laughs> without the proper skills. Sometimes that meant that there were some unpleasant things that they had to deal with. One of my children did not like to make phone calls. And um, as it happens, as y'all know, and, and most of our listeners, if you don't know, let me just tell you, when your kids go off to college, you can't do things for them unless they sign right. a paper saying you can. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my children had some business to take care of at their college. They were going to community college after graduation. And they wanted me to drive them. And that was not a good use of my time. And I said, just call the people. And uh, this was a very upsetting experience. And finally, it came down to where I stood there and forced her to call. And then I helped her with what to say. Okay, tell them this, tell them that. I'm glad to say that now, years later, making phone calls is not a problem for her. But she hadn't made that many prior to that episode. And so it was really uncomfortable. I'm sure you all have examples of people who weren't prepared Well, I know that my daughter that's in college right now um, has talked to me in great length about how other students there um, aren't able to talk to their professor. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to communicate uh, with adults, which is interesting because as homeschoolers, my kids often communicated with adults more than other kids their age. So my daughter had a pretty good foundation for how to communicate with adults when she went off to school. But she noticed that it's a huge problem for a lot of kids that they don't know how to communicate with adults. So when they need help with classes or any kind of direction or guidance at college and they have to approach adults, they just don't do it. And that can, of course, cause a lot of problems for them. True. And some of them don't wow. know that they like that their teachers have office hours and that's when they can just yes. drop in and ask questions about things. Right. And they don't even know it's an option. They don't know it's an option. Or even just to be mm-hmm. able to say, like, if you have, well, this is, this is an example from when I was in college, but we had an, a family emergency with a, a illness in the family and I was taking care of my younger siblings and I went to talk to the professor because I just wanted to know if I could turn something in on Monday instead of Friday because I was ferrying people mm-hmm. back and forth to school. But a lot of my friends were like, you can't, you can't go ask them that. Right. Well, why not? You know, <laughs> things are happening. And, and the professor was fine with that. And um, just to know that you can, you can approach adults. And I think that that's one area where right. homeschoolers, like you mentioned, are comfortable with talking to other adults. But you want to make sure mm-hmm. they know, like, the etiquette or the protocol for how to do it. Yes. <laughs> and finding information is something else important that kids need to learn because that information is actually given to students, like, the first day of class. Right. How it to is. contact the professor. Um, and so, you know, if you don't know something, it's important to know how to find out that information, which is another Absolutely. skill 
Um, you know, um, it's kind of funny because my adult kids, and, and I love that they do this, right? They'll contact me and ask me questions. Hey, you know, how do you do this? Or is this a good idea or whatever? And and that information is actually, you know, out there. Um, right. If I wasn't available, <laughs> they could find that information. And they know that. But, you know, they, they value my opinion, so they ask me first. But there are some young people who just don't know how to find information. And, yes. you know, making your kids find information so they have that skill later is really good. Right. If they haven't had to do that and then they're suddenly on their own and they don't know how to look up information, they really are starting, you know, starting off late then. Right. Um, another area where, um, you know, well, some kids don't have skills and we talked about this, they don't want to talk on the phone, is that when they're contacting someone you know, not personal, because when you're interacting with someone personal, you might not leave them a, a voicemail. But in my uh, one of my jobs that I have, people leave me voicemail or they they call me because they need something and then they don't leave a voicemail. And then later on, I find that I see, oh, somebody called me several times. They didn't leave a voicemail. Well, you know, can't help you if you don't give me any right. information. <laughs> so, you know, help me. Right. They need to learn how to communicate effectively. Right. That's exactly right. And and also knowing um, maybe just don't call people up out of the blue either if you can text them. I think we need some new phone etiquette, but that's probably <laughs> another episode. <laughs> probably, but it is something to talk to your, your kiddos about and make sure that like, so like, uh, maybe you leave a message for someone. You can't assume that they got the message. Unless they confirm that they heard from you. And so, right. like, indeed, we recently had a surprise right. visitor that like, oh, I called and left you a message. But we and it wasn't a like a friend. It was an appointment that this person thought they had made with us. But we were completely unaware because they didn't get any confirmation from us. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, <laughs> OK, that was a long way to drive communication. Make sure your children know how to communicate. Yes, several several pieces to that puzzle for sure. So it's really important to make sure your kids have all these skills. And it's really important not to wait until like maybe their senior year to give them these skills. That's a lot. to yes. <laughs> um, I, I just had to make my uh, son shift the laundry from the washer to the dryer. He's good at taking it out of the dryer. But today I threw him a curve. I'm like, hey, go get the stuff out of the washer. And he was very... Uh, uneasy about it. Well, uh, you, why don't you do it? I don't want to do it. I'm like, dude, you're nine. This isn't going to ruin your day. You can. <laughs> Just open the thing and take the stuff out and put it into the other thing. It's not that hard. Uh, he said he didn't want to do it. I said wanting to do it wasn't a condition for getting it done. You know, but it's much easier to teach him at nine than to drag yes. a 17 year old. And, and let me show you now how to do this. Cause you're going to go to school. And I think homeschooling gives us the luxury of being able to work on these skills when they're young. And, you know, every day when you're at home, you can work on these skills from mm -hmm. the time they're, you know, even when they're toddlers, teaching them independence type of skills all the way up through high school. Uh, so we have, we have the luxury of having a lot more time with our kids to work on these life skills. It's also, it's important for survival of as a homeschool parent to have some people helping out. Yes. Right. Well, <laughs> that's what I did because I had a house full of people. So it was everybody who lives mm -hmm. in the house work. But I wanted those things to be habits so they didn't have to think about how do I wash my clothes? How do I operate this dryer? The boys liked right. machinery. That was kind of 
they thought that was fun, I guess. And then, of course, we had a clothesline for many years. <laughs> like that, you got outside. But even just small things like habit of, for example, making up their bed or keeping their clothes put away. Later on down the line, if you have to room with somebody, then you're, mm-hmm. your stuff's not all over the room and you're not losing your things. Um, I roomed with a really messy person whose stuff was everywhere. <laughs> and oh, so it's like, okay, I don't want that to be my kid's experience. So just if it's a habit, they can focus on other yeah. things, the, the academic things when they're in school and not have to be like learning all the things that you want them to know how to do before they go. But we right. kind of had a goal for them to be able to do all those household things by junior high. And they can. Mm-hmm. It's just like they know how to do things, know how to feed themselves, know how to clean up afterward, all the things mm-hmm. that you need to know how to do. Yes. I, I think that we can't stress enough that it's really important to get it started early. Even when uh, your kids go with you, say, to a doctor appointment or you go out to a restaurant to eat, instead of doing all the talking for the kid, you know, you can start setting them up to uh, to speak for themselves. And then later on, they're more comfortable speaking for themselves in other situations. So my son, again, he just turned nine. He had his, um, you know, his yearly checkup. And the doctor was asking me questions. Oh, how's this? And how's that? And I said, well, you know, you can ask him. He's sitting right here. <laughs> he, he, he can talk for himself. And then, you know, my son answered some questions. And if he didn't know the answer, you know, I was there to help him with that. But um, I just think, and I think it's important to give kids the understanding that they are able to speak for themselves. Yes. You know, they don't have to wait for somebody to tell them how they feel about a situation. You know, mm-hmm. how he has, we were talking about ADD because my son's a very, 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 very busy person moving all the time. And the doctor said, you know, well, how's school going? And, and I said, can ask him <laughs> how he feels about mm-hmm. it. That's really you good. Know? Yeah, I think so. Because I think like when I was a kid, um, I didn't have the feeling from my parents that that was something that was allowed. And it did take me a while to learn to speak up for myself. Another thing that was really important for kids to know is money management. And that's also something you can work on when they're young and all throughout their life. But they need to know how to manage money before they leave your house for school. Right. It's a good idea to put them in charge of some things before they go while they're still at home. So that they can get used to paying some bills. Maybe they have, I don't know, a phone or internet or whatever they might be responsible for to to know how to budget. And I don't know if we mm-hmm. mentioned like to know how to shop for your food or to shop for anything. Yeah. It's like you have X amount for this month. Make it, make it last. How do you pace your purchases? Right. Maybe you don't get something just because everybody's getting it or everybody's going out for pizza right. and maybe you opt out, but just... Just so that they know before they get into a bind and have to call and ask for some more money, you can prepare them ahead of time for that. Yes. um, I've been working on that with my my guy. And uh, we like to have pizza on Friday nights. Sometimes we buy some pre-made pizza, uh, but it's much more expensive. And so uh, the past couple of weeks, we've been making the pizza dough at home, making our own pizzas. And I've explained to him, here's why we're doing this. Because that's the other thing is that, you know, your kids might think you're such a wizard. Oh, my gosh, you know, uh, my mom 
can do all this stuff and whatever, but if they don't understand what goes into it and why you make that decision or when you're shopping, right. You know, why do we discussing finances with them? Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people avoid discussing finances with their kids, but if you do that, then they're also not going to be able to discuss finances later on, which is important. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was explaining to my son. He, he wanted something and I said, well, you know, um, I'm not going to buy that. And I'm not going to buy this other thing because I have to make sure we pay our bills. And if we just buy all these items, you know, that's not a good use of our money. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize that we were poor. And I said, we're not poor. <laughs> we're not poor. We have to make good money. We decisions. have to consider these things. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't want to You know, uh, we, yeah, exactly. We, we want to keep living in our house and having electricity. <laughs> Those are some priorities. Uh, well, and that's, that yeah. does bring up, so children are not aware of how the world works unless we teach them. And yes. so we want to make right. sure that our high schoolers definitely understand, you know, we work, we bring in this income, we pay these bills, like, then we do the fun things. Right. And finances surrounding college can be very stressful. I mean, we just went through this with my daughter. College is, you know, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And you're, you should let them in on those discussions as well. Um, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to pay for college for your kids, that's that's great. They should still know the value of what's happening and, and how much it's costing each semester and, you know, how you can make choices to make it cost less and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told my kids, my, my first five kids when they were growing up, that uh, their dad and I did not pay for college, that it was their job to study hard and um, get good grades so they could get grants and scholarships. And of my five older kids, two have gone to college. One, um, she was really active in 4-H and she earned a $10,000 scholarship. And then because we were pretty poor at the time she went to school, she qualified for all kinds of grants. And she Mm -hmm. ended up taking out a loan for the balance of her education, which uh, her education was $100,000. She went to a Mm -hmm. private college and she only ended up having to take out a loan of $15,000 for those four years. That's excellent. And she paid it already. Like what she Mm -hmm. paid it really fast. And then my younger daughter um, who went to school, she went to community college and, um, you know, you can pay as you go. It's Mm -hmm. not quite as expensive and that's that's a good option. But understanding, you know, why the factors come in and how the money is dispersed and what your responsibilities are if you get a loan. uh, Those are really important conversations to have and not once they've arrived at the school. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we get back, we'll continue our discussion about non-academic college preparation. The Happy Homeschooler podcast is sponsored by Transcript Maker, an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your own home. Calculating GPA can be such a chore, but with Transcript Maker, it's a breeze. Instead of hours of compiling data, you simply insert the credits, the grades, and the GPA appears on the transcript like magic. Hard drive errors can cause you to lose all sorts of important documents. Transcript Maker has you covered by keeping your transcript in the cloud, safe and sound, whenever and wherever you need it. Have you ever signed up for a free trial and they made you put in your payment information? I hate that. Everybody does. Transcript Maker's 14-day free trial is truly free. 
No need to enter your payment information and it cancels itself after two weeks. So you can give it a test drive and see what you think without worrying about a hidden fee somewhere. When you decide to subscribe, use our exclusive coupon code HAPPY, that's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps, and save 20% off the cost of your subscription. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Welcome back to the podcast. Before the break, we were talking about finances and teaching your kid how to manage their money. And the reason I think this is so important is um, I used to teach a class for homeschoolers called Real Life 101. And in that class, I used as the kind of the spine of the class, a little financial planning program workbook from the National Endowment for Financial Education. And we'll have the link to their resources um, in the show notes. But anyway, I created this course for the kids where they had to find out what it took to get a certain job, like what kind of education they needed. They had to find out what kind of earnings they would get from that job, create a budget, pay bills. Um, They had to fill out an application to rent um, an apartment. They had to uh, find out about buying a car and the insurance for the car and create a budget. And they had to write checks every week. Um, And so that course was really popular. Everybody who ever took it the kids and parents thank me for teaching that course. Um, and I think that just shows what a big need there is for teaching yeah. kids those skills. Um, what What have you done, Jennifer, to work with your kids on finances before they leave well, the we nest? Took, we did a similar type class a few years ago with my older kids. Um, and it, it really did help, I think. Getting them familiar with those things before they go off, making sure they have their own bank account was important. Um that they have that ahead of time before they're off at school, you know, and discussing credit cards was a big deal with that we did with our kids, uh, which you, you know, covered in that class. We also Mm -hmm. covered that in the class I did. Um, I know that credit cards can get kids in a lot of trouble uh, along the way at the beginning Mm -hmm. of college. So having those discussions was really important too. You know what I find so unconscionable is when kids go off to college, credit card companies start targeting them and they get, you know, they get yes. emails or, or they're even on campus like, hey, 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 sign up for this credit card. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, that's really not cool. No, it's not. Sign and up they and do get need this free to backpack and yeah, they do right. need to and know. Right, and they do need to know the consequences of accepting those offers. <laughs> That's true. That's why we talked about things like that before our kiddos left the house. And for us, I didn't have a class necessarily, so it wasn't as as well thought out as what y'all did. But we did include them in some of the family finances. And uh, Mm -hmm. life happened. And like my husband had an accident. He fell and broke both wrists. And so then suddenly our main income earner was at work. And in construction, there really wasn't like paid time off so the kid whoever was the oldest child at the time like we were brainstorming together what we could do and how we were gonna get through this time period while he was healing and um just kind of included them not they don't need to know everything but they did get to help with things like budgeting for groceries and going Mm -hmm. to the store and doing the shopping that's another thing i find that kids are not um, familiar with like the food just shows up but they need to either you're gardening right. or you go out there and you shop and how to compare prices and which one you know costs per ounce and how you figure that out that's math that matters so 
Let's make sure they know mm-hmm. how. I mean, even if it's on the shelf, they don't always know to look and see. At least our HEB shows you those little price breakdowns. Oh, <laughs> so and let me give you a really cool example. Uh, recently, I had, um, I get, sometimes I get groceries delivered from Walmart. Now, I'm a store brand shopper, but um, sometimes when you have your groceries delivered, they accidentally give you something you didn't order, like it was a mistake. And I had two cans of pineapple chunks, and one was Dole, and one was a Walmart brand. And I looked at the top of the cans, and y'all, they were exactly the same. <laughs> so you know that Dole is, you know, Providing. producing Walmart's store brand. But, you know, there are so many people who will not buy a store brand. So one thing I've always taught my kids is, like, check the cost per ounce and the price and you know, if all things are equal, like one pineapple doesn't taste different than another. You know, it's like when people buy milk. I got to get I got to get Borden. Cows are cows, mm-hmm. folks, <laughs> you know, but um, but teaching them those really tiny skills because it's those little pennies that can add up and, and sink you financially. Yeah. You know, and if they learn it as a habit before they're off on their own, then that's not something mm-hmm. they have to think about once they're off at college. Right, and then mm-hmm. they know how to navigate the grocery store and all of the things that are involved with making good choices and stretching your money. Um, so you could do other things that might be more fun than buying groceries, but um, right, make sure they <laughs> right. make sure they know that. So our approach was not as well thought out, which is a great idea, and I wish I'd have thought about it. But we just it happened in the moment. Like so many things mm-hmm. in homeschooling, whatever is currently yeah. in, in front of you, you take advantage of all the educational opportunities it provides and you run with it. And we had a few yeah. more of those kind of opportunities than I would have wanted, <laughs> but we learned but a you lot. Know, those make more sense than uh, maybe a worksheet in a home ec class yes. that lasted six weeks in a public school. Um, you know, those kind of things people have to learn because they're being forced to, okay, learn this information. We're going to test you on it. And then they go, right. Eh, don't need that. It has no relevance. It has no relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to put in a plug for 4-H as a program that actually helps kids to learn these kind of things. They have um, a consumer buying competition. <laughs> and the kids have to um, learn to compare things like, why would it be better to get this phone over that phone or this insurance plan over that insurance plan? Or why are these clothes a better buy than these clothes? And um, kids like to compete in things. So when my kid, my older kids were in 4-H, I loved these competitions because they really, yeah. they learned a lot and they got to get something out of it. Like my, my girls did um, the fashion show and we didn't sew. We just did the buying portion of it. Because they got to go buy some new clothes <laughs> every year. and But they had to learn all about it. They had a budget and they had to find out why. Well, was this a good constructed garment? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Look at the seams. Look and at we the do all holes. that yeah. as adults. We uh, have done a lot of project-based type homeschooling in my family. And those, that steps the kids through every aspect of completing a project. So you have to do the planning. You have to do the preparation. You have to do the you know list making, the shopping doing the actual project, dealing with timelines and things like that. So even just the way you homeschool can teach those skills and especially time management, those 4-H projects, my kids did them too. And they were great for learning time management skills because they had deadlines for Mm -hmm. those projects. Um, And as homeschoolers, we don't often 
have deadlines. Right. You know, our schedules are, are much more loose than, than a lot of people are. Um, so having opportunities for them to learn those types of skills are important before they go off to school. And I always had my kids try to, as much as possible, create their own schedules, even when they were younger. And that was a, a great skill for them because then as they were older, they knew how to make their own schedule that worked for them, you know. It's That's true. a good point. So moving into, uh, you know, some other life skills, time management and prioritizing. Um, I always tell my son, because, you know, he's nine he gets up in the morning and his mind is not on you know we've got all these things we have to do his mind is on oh can I watch a video or or play a video game or or do something fun like go outside and look at the cat that's hanging around our house and I'm like dude you have to work first and then you can go play because if you don't get your work done first it's never going to get done by the time you get to it you know, so learning um, what to do and when to do it and how to prioritize is really important. It is. And I know that even for, and we're talking about non-academic things, but it also is important for them to know how to pace themselves for their assignments and their homework, which is, yeah. we don't think mm-hmm. of that all the time as academics. And when we're walking them through it at home, we're like, have your outline done by this time, have your rough draft done by that time. But your college professors are just going to, here's your paper, here's the topic, it's due on this date. You want to make sure your children know how to pace themselves through and what the steps are. I mean, we walk them through it through junior high and high school, but um, sometimes they're like just waiting to be told and not realizing you're supposed to take Mm -hmm. initiative and do it on your own. Well, you know, said old, eat an elephant a bite at a time, Mm -hmm. right? You get really overwhelmed if you don't have a routine and a plan and how to get from point A to point B. And I think, you know, all of us have had that experience where it's time for dinner and we haven't made a plan and we have hungry people and we might not have an ingredient. And then we feel that frustration with ourselves right, (laughs) for not having planned ahead and having a good routine for for Mm -hmm. that. And and we need to teach our kids those skills. So um, what are some ways that you have incorporated because Jennifer you said you give your kids an opportunity to create their own schedule but how did that how did that work out in like real life what did that well so when they were younger what I would do is I would give them a list of of things that need to get done for either for the day when they were very little it was like today these are the things that need to get done and as they got older it was for the whole week and then as long as they put all those things within their their schedule then it was okay with me so I had to give them a lot of freedom to do that they got to decide what was important in which order they were doing it and you know sometimes it wasn't the way that I would have arranged their day Mm -hmm. Uh, but they but they still got everything in that I wanted them to do or that they wanted to do together you know with what I wanted to do and it really as they got older I could see that they were learning how to put the things that were important first in the beginning of the day on their own. They were figuring that out because they wanted to get them done and have time for the other stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so now I see as my kids are older that they, they do, they know, like they take in, okay, here's all the things I need to do. And then they figure out what works best for them and how to schedule that into their lives. Were there consequences for them if things weren't done or how, 
How did you work that part of it in? I set realistic expectations for them. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really ever have to deal with that very much. I mean, obviously there were times where they just didn't do something because they didn't want to. And there were consequences for that. Mm -hmm. But generally, I didn't give them too many things for their schedule. So Mm -hmm. it was a realistic expectation. So they could fit it all in and they could be successful with what they were doing. Sure. But if they just chose not to do something. Oh, yeah. We had consequences like, you know, yeah. they couldn't go play their video games or things uh-huh. like that. You know? um, but it would be the the following day or the following week. It wouldn't be that day because mm-hmm. they would follow through their own schedule first. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think, like you said, if we don't in homeschooling, we don't often have hard deadlines. So it's right. it's somewhat difficult to teach kids. Like one of the things I've always said to my children is one time is not as good as another. You know, so sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your idea of, I don't know, watching a Minecraft video at 10 o'clock in the morning when maybe the dog has to go out and has gone on the the carpet. That was not not (laughs) a good time. Now, my son doesn't take care of the dog, but that's just kind of an example. We we did have pets when my other kids were growing up. But, you know, that sometimes there are real world consequences. You know, you didn't prepare for this little course that you're taking and. You mm-hmm. went and you didn't have your stuff done. That was a good enough mm-hmm. consequence. Sometimes I think as parents, um, we need to help them see more consequences. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I just, I feel like when I was giving them the allowance to make their schedules, that they were, they were learning how to do it for mm-hmm. themselves instead of a lot of times as parents, including as homeschool parents, we like to just tell them what their schedule right. is. And they're not learning how to navigate schedules mm-hmm. by us telling them this is what you do at this time of the day and, and not giving them any room to fluctuate. Sure. So are you saying that you would watch them make a schedule and it wasn't going to work very well and they would get frustrated and you would let them go ahead with it and then, then right, what would you exactly. do? Right, exactly. So those were the natural consequences at our house is that if you, you set up your own day in a bad way, it didn't work out for you you would have to deal with the frustration of that. And and just natural consequences are mm-hmm. great in general. I think allowing them to make mistakes is a big form of natural consequences that is super valuable because when they go away to school, when they leave your house, they're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. And that's okay. Everybody makes mistakes or has a horrible day or, you know, forgets to do something. And so they need to be able to to have those instances at home and you need to not protect them from making mistakes all the time. So giving them room to mess up or to not necessarily do it exactly the right way so that then they can learn how to do it better the next time is really valuable. Yeah. And like you said, better to do it before they go away so you can help them learn how to recover from that mistake. Right. And that's something that you need to know how to do, because once you are out of their parents' home and you're in college and you're away and you have those stressful days that just don't go right, you need to know how to find some peace of mind again. You need to have, yes. like, I guess we're talking about emotional care, like you can get so stressed out about mm-hmm. something. What can you do to fix it? And not mm-hmm. all kids, and unless you've walked them through it, don't automatically go in that direction. Right. And that's a good point we, that we didn't really discuss in the first half about skills that your kids need. But knowing how to manage your, um, you know, your mental and emotional well-being, because it's yeah. really easy to maybe have a bad day and it turns into a bad couple days. And then before you know it, you're spiraling mm-hmm. downward. Um, knowing how to recover from setbacks and, and reaching out to get help is real important. 
It is, and I've been really so glad to see that my young adults' children have been able to say, hey, Mom, this is going on. Um, Do you have any advice for me? And to be open to talking it out and also saying, yeah, I really shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And now this is the outcome. (laughs) Like, oh, this is good. But it's hard as mom. You want to rescue them, but you know that they made some, you know, maybe not great decisions, and here's the outcome of those. And then, like you were saying, how to pull yourself out of it. So mm-hmm. even though you're out of the home, it doesn't mean you don't have any resources in the home. I mean, we're still family and helping each other. But just right. to know. And this is where communication with your kids is so important, yes. that you are communicating before they're off, before they're adults, when they're kids, you need to have that open communication with them the whole time so that they do come to you when they're struggling, even after they leave. Your yeah. Home. Yeah. Because if they don't feel comfortable talking to you and they're in a, in a tough place emotionally, they can fall down a hole really, really fast. And I, I was stressed to my kids, you know, you can talk to me about anything and I love you. And yeah, we make mistakes. And, and I'm here to help you. I did not have that with my parents. And I think sometimes um, I may have done some things for my kids a little longer than I should have because I, I just didn't have that mothering, you know, safety net. Uh, and I didn't have a dad that I could, could reach out to that, that could help me. They both had too many of their own um, emotional problems. And so, um, yeah, laying all that groundwork and, not, and try not to be shocked by things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like sometimes your yeah. kids are going to tell you things and you might think, oh, my goodness. But, you know, just trying to be that soft place they can land and then brainstorm right. with them. Like, what what do you need? Um, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. What, uh, you know, not just tell them what to do. Right. Because then they're not getting any skills. And teaching them how to find help mm-hmm. if they can't right. come to you. That's so important. important. Too. And that goes along with, we talked a little bit about self-care, you know, with eating and things like that, but working on self-care before they go to school, uh, just, you know, on basics of hygiene and healthy eating and exercising and keeping their body and mind healthy are, are also important. It's another skill where if it's a habit for them before they leave your home, they'll be able to continue it without having to think too much about it. Yes, right. Exactly. Because they know why. Some of that is, you know, this, we eat yes. this way because... X, Y, Z, like not mm-hmm. just you have to eat it because I said so, but just why are we making these choices? Why do we choose whole foods over packaged foods? Why do we cook from scratch? Why do we do this and that? Then that way they mm-hmm. may change their mind and try some other things, but at least they know what the reasoning was behind it. It's like that old story about right. the the mom that cut the ham in half to put it in the <laughs> You know, she didn't know why. It was because it didn't fit in the pan. You know, that old, can't remember the whole story, but they just, that was the way they did it. But they didn't know why. So we were always big on explaining the the reasoning behind the decisions we made. Even if it was the schedule, we're going to do it this way because do you have another way you want to try it? Um, Giving them, giving them those skills to think it through is really important. Yes. um, I've been having conversations with my nine-year-old, like, you need to wash your face when you go before you go to bed at night and why because otherwise you know your Mm -hmm. skin won't be healthy and you'll get pimples and whatever he was like I don't care I said well I care more for you right now Uh, you're gonna wash your face or you you need to eat a variety of foods to be healthy 
You cannot just eat the same foods over and over again and expect to have good health and energy to do the things you want to do. You know, because uh, so many people have experienced parents that just say, just do it. My mom, my mom's famous words, do as I say, not as I do. That's not helpful. <laughs> you need to have a, provide your kids with a good example and then help them to understand mm -hmm. why, you know, uh, back to finances, why we don't purchase this thing or back to activities, why we don't participate in this activity over another. Like they, yes. they have to understand and have tools that they can apply later to evaluate why is yeah. it a good decision to do this type of thing versus this other type of thing. Before we wrap up, I wanted to bring up one other thing, which um, is attention to detail and also initiative. My husband, we call him sometimes the absent-minded professor. And I came home one day from church and I walked past the stove in my uh, rush to go put groceries away because I usually shop after church. And it seemed a bit warm in the kitchen. And then a few moments later, I realized that the front burner was still on. Uh, we have electric stove. My husband had cooked himself some food. He had removed the pan from the burner, but the burner was still on. And, you know, that is really some kind of an issue that, you know, could be a safety issue. But I see this lack of attention yes. to detail all around us in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it can affect kids in every way after they leave your house. In all of the areas we've talked about, the lack of attention to detail can affect all of those things. It yeah. sure does. Even small things like turn off, make sure the mm -hmm. water's off, turn off the lights when you leave, make sure, you know, before you leave, make sure everything is, gonna, is safe. Just that checkpoint for things that you need to take care of before you leave your home or where you're living for the yeah. day. And then details for schoolwork, like if your professor wants a paper and he wants yes. the sources cited in a certain way, do it like that. What do following the steps. <laughs> follow the steps? Right. What is you know what are the parameters for this grade? They're right. telling you what they want. Give them what they want. Not just throw out any old thing because maybe mom would have been okay with that. I'm I'm doing <laughs> that with my high school English co-op class right now and I give them a list every week of things to do on their paper and they come back and do three of the five things and then I send it back again I'm like no you have to do all five of the five things and so we're learning that right now right. I'm learning that with my middle schoolers the same sort of thing it's like mm -hmm. even when you which is why we do it when they're that age right we paste them yes Here, I want your topic now I want your you know what are your categories? What is your outline? And still, it's like time to turn in your rough draft. They're like, wait, what? It's like, I'm walking you right. through it. But those kind of And I think details. attention to detail, it can even be important for really big things when they go off to school. Because, you know, when you go off to college, there's things like safety issues and knowing your surroundings. Very locking your door. All the new people yes. you're meeting. And, you know, so being able to pay attention to yes. details can save you. Mm -hmm. From getting in a lot of yes. trouble. Too. Right. You need to know how to read the room and pay attention to mm -hmm. people coming and going. And even things like how to introduce mm -hmm. people that don't know each other or how to right. introduce yourself. All those little details. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. and when I think of attention to detail, um, you know, I think of how a person starts and completes a job. Um, anything from start to finish. And when I was, when I'm yeah. uh, giving my kids a job to do. Um, in fact, when I was raising my other children, I had on the inside of the cabinet door in the kitchen and in the bathroom where they were doing jobs, a list of what to do. 
from the start to oh, the finish. Me too. And then mm-hmm. they would what go did do, it mean? Right. right. And they would go do the job. And then it was my job to inspect. I always said they will neglect mm-hmm. what you don't inspect. And so I would go and look and see what they had done. And then I would say, okay, I noticed that um, something is not complete. Do you notice? And they'd be like, I don't know. And I'd say, check item number four. (laughs) Or, you know, if they Mm -hmm. washed the dishes and some of the dishes were dirty, then they got those dishes back to wash again. Um, Another Mm -hmm. thing that kind of goes with attention to detail is initiative. You know, see a need, fill a need kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like don't just walk around with blinders on and trip over something in the middle of the floor. Oh, you know, you didn't leave it there. You can still pick it up. Uh, Because later on in the workforce or later on at school, um, you know, if they're attentive to details and they take initiative, they can avoid a lot of problems and and they can avoid causing other people a lot of problems. They can also see opportunities Mm -hmm. if they're paying attention. And not only that, they'll get promotions really quickly. That's what has happened with Mm -hmm. my young adult children. Like they just are in the habit of taking initiative and seeing things that need to be done they just do it and then right their supervisor notices it and the next thing you know it's like hey mom i was promoted it's like way to go <laughs> yeah and that's and that's exactly why we're going to do all of these things when our kids are still in the home so they can have success in college and afterward here at the end of our podcast we sometimes find ourselves in the reading nook where we discuss the books on our minds and on our bedside tables so holly what have you been reading lately well my son and i have been reading robinson crusoe um we've actually been listening to uh librivox and we finished it and we were so excited i had never read robinson crusoe before and each day when we were getting ready to listen we would say oh my gosh i wonder what's going to happen and We were so thrilled um, to get to the end of the book. And then my son said, do you think that's a true story? And I'm like, I don't have any idea. So I typed in, you know, Google, uh, is Robinson Crusoe a true story? And it's actually based on a real person named Alexander Selkirk. And that made us even more excited. That's great. Yeah, I had no idea. Such, Such a fantastic story. So if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it or get the LibriVox edition. Uh, Dennis Sayer is my favorite reader on there. It's a great book, and you'll you'll be really happy to have read it. Now, Liddy, what about you? What have you been up to with books? Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm up to um, trying to decide who gets to stay and who needs to go and <laughs> bless somebody else. And so, like, I'm not reading a book right now so much as browsing through books. And you know how it is. You pull it off the shelf, then you start reading it. And you're like, wait, wait, I'm supposed to be organizing this. I can't sit down and read this right now. So I'm kind of between books and just it's it's hard to let some books go. Some are easy because they're good friends. Like you listen to a favorite song over and over. You read a favorite book over and over. Some are things mm-hmm. that I think I can let somebody else use now that uh, all my youngest is graduated and some of those more books that I yeah. got for specific lessons and things I don't necessarily have, but some of them are so good. I love them. They get to stay. How about you, Jennifer? Well, I uh, lead a teen book club and this year we've been reading books, true crime books mostly, and we just read a book about the JFK assassination. And it was a a young adult book called The President Has Been Shot by James L. Swanson. And it was so well done. My kids are, they're all teenagers, high school level, 
we've all read it this month and tomorrow actually we're going to Dallas to go to the sixth floor museum oh, wow. and follow up oh, on it. Man. So we're using it as a jumping point, but, but the book was great. It really, you know, it's written for a younger audience, but I loved it. I got so much out of it. It was very detailed, um, very gory also, mm. but in a, in, written in a really good way and I learned things I just had never heard before so I was super impressed with it and the kids as they've been reading this month have been coming to me and saying I love this book which is always the best thing to hear from a group of teenagers so yeah so that we just we enjoyed it and I'm super excited to go to the museum tomorrow I've never been wow I can't wait to see what you post on Facebook if you have any questions or comments, please email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. You can check us out on our Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod. And head to our Facebook page and join our group at facebook.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. And I'm Jennifer. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling! Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Erbach. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a Transcript Maker production. My co-hosts are Melody Gillum and Jennifer Jones. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us. However she does Copy. it. Copy. <laughs> okay. I'm the Got boss. <laughs> Don't do anything weird. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. That was no. great. <laughs>